So when it, when it comes to that person, right, you're going to find a moment in your deadlift where the pain triggers. For me, it's up top at the extension. I remember thinking back in the past when I would lock out my deadlifts, that's when my pain would trigger. It was never off the ground. So I've worked with a lot of physical therapists who are, you know, specialized in this field. And you kind of have to reverse engineer and work that part of the movement that sucks. You just got to work at it and slowly, progressively overload that movement. What is up, podcast community? My name is Michael Chernow, and this is the Creatures of Habit podcast. Habits are everything, and on this show, I will be interviewing some of the most inspiring, motivated, and high-performing humans on the planet to learn about the daily habits, routines, and rituals that help keep them focused, determined, on top of their game, and ultimately happy. My journey from the depths of addiction and misery to success as a family man and serial entrepreneur was only made possible by replacing bad habits with great ones. And my mission in life today is to share that story and the story of others with you to bring value and life-changing tools to as many people as possible. So sit back, relax, and pay attention because what you hear in this podcast today can potentially change your life. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Creatures of Habit podcast. Today's guest is a very good friend. Uh, Today's guest is a guy named Teddy Pantelis. He is a Greek god. (laughs) He, 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 um, I, you know, it's a real. I got to tell the story of how I met Teddy. So, first and foremost, Teddy is one of the greatest guys you'll ever meet. He is a no bullshit dude, but he is a true friend. And if he coaches you, he's gonna hold your fucking hand to the fire which I love. I just I just love that in a human being, someone who's just like, you know what, like I care about you, but I don't really care about your feelings when you're bullshitting me. And that's that's basically Teddy. He um he he's he's amazing that way, but Teddy's a, a general contractor and he's got a coaching business where he coaches a lot of elite athletes in the bodybuilding arena uh for fun. He does it for fun. That's like how crazy this dude is. He does it for fun. He's a competitive athlete. He's not competing right now. Who knows if he gets back on the stage. I'm going to let him talk about that. But he is a top-tier men's natural uh, bodybuilding athlete um, and competitor with a lot of hardware that he could talk about. But uh, how did I meet Teddy? So in 2018, I ran the New York City Marathon. And I was at the gym after the marathon, a couple days after the marathon, and you know, I I, I lifted weights, but I wasn't I wasn't at all lifting heavy weights. I, you know, I I'd been a lean a lean athlete for a long time in you know Muay Thai and and long distance endurance running. You know, I I lifted weights just to just to sustain some sort of muscle uh, muscle definition in my body because I of course I want to look good, and 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 lifting weights is the answer to looking good. However. I, I ran into a friend. Her name is Roxy Jones. She's awesome. Roxy's amazing. She's also a coach in, in fitness and, and nutrition um, and was uh, competing as well in bikini. And so she stopped me in the gym and she said, what's next? And I said, I don't know. Probably another marathon, maybe a, maybe a, an ultra marathon. I don't, I don't know. And she was like, why don't you, body, why don't you do bodybuilding? I was like, bodybuilding? I'm fucking 155 pounds. Like, what do you mean bodybuilding? Like, I'd have to put on 80 pounds. She's like, no, 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 no. Like, you've got a good frame for physique 
bodybuilding. Why don't you do it? And I was like, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> She's like, let me give you my friend's number. So she gave me Teddy's number. I, I went home. I didn't call Teddy right away. And then the next day, I was like, fuck it. I need something new. I've been doing long distance running for a while. I'm going to call Teddy. I'm going to see what he, what he, what he says. I'm, uh, uh, if, I, if, I, if I call him and I like it, I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to do it. I called Teddy. I met him. He's my kind of guy. And Teddy coached me for basically most of 18, all of 19, all of 20, all of 21, all of 22. So five years. Uh, he got me a pro card. And we competed as a pro. We placed as a pro. Teddy's a fucking man. I'm so grateful to have him on the show. He is why I know so much about nutrition. He is why I am uh, a fanatic, uh, uh, a fanatical about, about strength training and resistance training, how important it is to me, how important it should be for you. And we're going to hear all about it today. Teddy Pantelis, welcome to the show. Dude, we need to clip that. I don't think I've ever had anyone speak so highly of me in my life, man. Thank you, brother. Dude, it's, it's the an truth. honor to be here. It is, man. You know what's funny? I always thought that you approached Roxy because she competed. I didn't know it was the other way around. Oh, yeah. No, that's she, funny, man. She stopped me and she said, what's next? And yeah. I said, I don't know. So, um, yeah, it's funny. I'm, I'm actually coaching Roxy's uh, boyfriend at the moment. Yeah, so it's funny. It's full circle. You know, you, I don't, I, don't, I, I, I wish I remember the first call. You know what I remember? Because no matter what, we kind of always judge a little bit off of appearance. I thought, you know, Roxy recommended you. I'm like, I hate some city guy, this, this, and that. Man, little did I know we have so much in common from our, upbring from our upbringing to our knucklehead days to where we went afterwards and just how much we connected just, just as friends, just as brothers. And you're so coachable, dude. Like, you're one of those, like... Give me more. Give me more. I almost have to, like, restrain you from the work. And I could ask for a client like that every day of the week, man. That's you know, you said that to me before. I think just for people listening, like, I, I would love to understand from a coach's perspective, because mm -hmm. I coach a few guys now, too, mm -hmm. and I have been for a little time. Like, I understand what it feels like to have somebody who's really in. Yeah. It's, it's a, a beautiful very, thing. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's a very, very different experience than having to... You know, when you get a you get a client that basically is like, yeah, yeah, like I know what you want me to do, but can I do this? Yeah. And you're like, okay, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. So wait, I want to interrupt you on this because I I have something because I talk to my other friends who coach us and that and we call that the negotiation phase. And if you start negotiating right off the bat, it always tends to result back to. I'm gonna keep doing what I've always done, but I have a coach now, I'm gonna expect different results. Just doesn't work that way. You go back to your old habits, you're gonna go back to your old physique. It's that simple. You know, you start giving a little bit and giving a little bit and giving a little bit, and all of a sudden, you've regressed. And that's just not what we do. We're paid for results, we're after results, and there has to be a point where it's like, give me three weeks, give me four weeks of 100% compliance. And once you start getting them, like, holy shit, I just lost X amount of pounds. I can see lines in my stomach right now. My wife complimented my shoulders and my arms. You get them that, you get that hook in right there. Because that's how we all started bodybuilding, for example. Remember when you started working out and you started getting those first compliments? That's like where the addiction began. That's where it began for me. It's like my friends noticed, like, holy shit, what have you been doing? Like, yo, this works? And then you just, that's it. The addiction happens. So it's the same thing with a client. I think a big part of coaching that's not spoken enough of is the psychological aspect of it. It's a big mental game. Instilling confidence, uh, instilling discipline, comfort, 
also knowing like you're not alone. If you got to contact your coach and I got to talk you through something, we can. So there's a lot to it in that regard, I think. What is it like? So for, for someone listening here who's on the fence about hiring a coach or has had a coach and then didn't feel like it was working, they didn't get the results, chances are it was them, not the coach. What does it mean to be a coachable client? Like how can you, how can you articulate what a, what a coachable client is like? So number one is communication. Communication is so important. And that's just not, that's just not like you telling me what I want to hear. I need to hear the bad, I need to hear the good, and most importantly, I need to know your history prior to coming with me. So like diet history, for example. I coach a lot of female athletes, and diet history when it comes to female athletes is paramount. You know, if you're a chronic cardio or chronic locales or chronic yo-yo dieting or crash dieting for vacations and this and that, your metabolism's not gonna be in a place where you're gonna respond to a deficit right now. And that makes me look like a bad coach and that makes Emotionally, it takes a toll on me because I want to do good. You know, I want to keep my track record of I can get you shredded. I can get you muscular, shredded, ready, and surpass your goals. So that's one aspect of it. Um, another thing about being coachable is you have to hold yourself accountable. There's only so much a coach can do for an athlete if the athlete, like I can lay out the framework, but you have to do the work. I can only give you the blueprints, a lot like contracting. You give me the blueprints, I can create it. I'm giving you the blueprints now. You just have to trust the process, communicate, discipline, and then just, just what's the word I'm looking for? Just execute. What if, some, what if someone that you're coaching is telling you one thing, but you know? Oh, I'll call them out. Yeah. So how do you help someone if they're... Because I've been there. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been Because I know, and I'll tell them, like, I know what you're telling me right here, but there is no way you're 100% compliant. There's just no way. Because I know there's the phases of the times when they were compliant and how the response was. And when, especially when it comes to a male athlete. Because a male athlete really is going to respond week to week. A female athlete's more month to month due to hormonal cycles and whatnot. But that's another topic for another time. But when it comes to men and they're holding back, like, I can, that's why I track weight daily. Because it's such um, I know a lot of people like to say this bullshit of, Scale doesn't matter. Scale matters. Well, it's a data point. People talk about scale like it's some emotional connection to it. It is a data point. Just like food has X amount of macros in it, weight is a data point. So if all of a sudden, all week, you're 182 pounds, and then come Saturday morning, you're 187, you did something, okay? You tell me you didn't, you're lying to me. Because men don't spike six pounds in a day. And don't tell me you just uh, sodium in your chicken. So... Things like that, man. You just, you you have to, like my coach told me something one time. There's coaching and there's friendships. When it's business, there's no friendships. That's it. So you have to separate the two. Mm. You know, when it's time. You know, I remember, I remember Roxy said to me, I think I was texting her after I called you and spoke to you for the first time. And, um, and she said to me, she's like, look, you know, the truth is, is that I don't, she's like, I don't doubt that you're going to be able to get there uh, physically in terms of the amount of the physical exertion that you're going to yeah. have to, that, that, that is required to actually be a competitive bodybuilder. The nutritional piece with you in the restaurant business, I just don't know. And the truth is, is that Teddy's not going to beat around the bush and like 
you know, tell you something that you want to hear as opposed to what's actually going to be the yeah. truth. So I think, you know, what, what the, you know, the, the podcast, this podcast, the platform, and, you know, over time, it's actually gone a little bit off in, in different directions because I get really interesting people and I'm not, I'm not as interested in exactly what they do every single morning and every single night. Yeah. Although I do want to hear what you do as your, for your morning and your evening routines yeah. and a few habits because I know you're like me where structure habitual. is like so fucking important. Yeah. She gives me peace of, peace of mind. Right. Like yeah. that, that, that Jocko willing, discipline yeah. equals freedom. It, because it's true. You have your structure. I don't have to think about it at all. I know what's for lunch. I know what's for breakfast. I know what time I'm eating. I know where I'm eating. I don't have to think about it. So I could put my head and bury it into my work. You know, I can just dedicate my time elsewhere because that's already, that's automatic. There's no thought. You wake up, you go. And because you do that yeah. 90% of the time. Yeah. If not more. If, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're actually one of the sick guys. You really are yeah. one of the sick dudes that, that very rarely has, like, a meal. Where you're like... Yeah, and you know what that reason is? I don't feel good the day after. Right. It affects my sleep negatively. I wake up, I feel like my skin's puffy. I don't sleep as great. I sleep later, and I'm like you. I'm team 4.30, team 5 o'clock. I want to be up. I want my day going. Those days of sleeping till 10, 11, they're gone. So, um, yeah, just don't feel good. And I like to eat to feel good. I don't... I, I cook decent, you know? I cook my food well. If I do eat out, it's always going to be a smart decision. I don't really, you know, I'm going to have a steak, you know, and even then my side's going to be a vegetable. So it's not like I'm going off the rails in that regard. And if I do, it doesn't affect me too much just because, like you said, discipline equals freedom. I have so much allocated in my discipline account that when it's time to do something else, I don't have to think about it. It's, you know, it's negligible at that point. I could eat what I want and I can keep going forward, but I don't feel well. And I like to feel good as often and as many days in a row as I can, period. And you know what's so interesting? I've, sa I've been saying this, uh, you know, a bit. I, I, because I think if I was not married and did not have kids, mm -hmm. the days of having pizza at my house would be very few and far between, right? Yeah. Like, I know, the, the, like, the, the, the <laughs> people are always like, how do you eat so clean? And honestly, you know the answer to that. You just fucking do it, right? Like you gotta be, you gotta be able to say no. Do you get the question of don't you get sick of it? Oh, all the time. Li I love the shit. Or, that I or eat. the live a little. Like, yeah, I'm living, <laughs> and I have a lot more energy than you. I sleep better than you. I wake up better than you. I get more done in the day. Like who's living? What is yeah, living? But, but I will say that there is a for me at this stage of my life, specifically now that I'm not competing. Like when yeah. I was competing, you could slide a fucking. You could slide the best pizza, the best ice cream, the best burger and fries in front of me. And if I'm locked in, specifically in prep, I'm just saying no. Tell me that's not the, one of my, that was one of my favorite parts of prepping, of competing. I love that, for lack of a better word, the suffering aspect. I think it's so important in life in general to be without for some reason. Like just to be without, like, like I get why religious people fast, like that being without, it's very important. It does a lot to you spiritually. It really builds your discipline. It hones like, what are you made of? Because human beings, for example, we can go, I believe it's 21 days without food. Yet I'll hear a client tell me like you, you pull 50 carbs from their day and say, I'm starving. You're not starving. That is your brain telling you I want for food. I want more food because I can't have it. You know, like, that that 
some people are built for it. And some people that, I feel like the people that are built for it almost compete for different reasons. Because there are people who compete for wrong reasons and right reasons, in my opinion. You know, who am I to say what's right and what's wrong? But you know, I, um, I'm not much of a participant. I like to go and try to win. The thing that I think is so, so awesome about just competing, yeah. forgetting about what it is you're competing in, right? Yeah, yeah any that, type of competition. Any type of competition. Yeah. Like, there are going to be bad apples in every single arena in life. Absolutely. Right? But competition really does seed out the good from the great, the bad from the great. Yeah. It, it really gives, it, it really does allow you to see the, what you're made of. I believe it. You know? Yeah. And so I look at, like, every single day, I really do try to put these little challenges in front of me yeah. every day. And I do them in these habits that I have every morning, for the most part, you know, unless I'm traveling. Where I, I, I don't get all of them, but I get a, a fair amount of them. I want to hear about your morning routine. I want to just hear, it, do you have a very strict regimented morning routine? It, it depends how you define the word strict, but I definitely have a very structured morning routine. Um, it's like Jocko says, start your day off with a win. So my first, in my head, it's like this little game I play. I like to beat my alarm clock. So I have my alarm set at 5 a.m., right? I want to be up at least five minutes beforehand. Like, I don't like waking up to the sound of my alarm. So I'm very cognizant of my body's just, like, programmed right now to wake up five minutes before it. But I have it just as safety precautions in case I wake up. So you wake up, I shower, and then I start doing my low back rehab, you know, just work on my core, this and that, stretch, get my body right. What do you do for your low back rehab? Uh, so right now it's three sets of bird dogs, side planks, glute bridges and then a 10 minute walk and that 10 minute walk is obviously with my dog so i walk her to do what i have to do and then i'll start my day off with a scoop of greens just like a, a green supplement make my coffee and then head to work and then i eat my first meal at work and is that and so that is pretty much every single day monday through saturday and then sundays yeah. you give yourself a break and you do whatever you want yeah pretty much yeah. but like i'll eat what i normally eat but i kind of just like I'll probably eat three meals instead of five. Mm -hmm. Just kind of just whatever I got to do. But then I have my other, I have my Sunday routine. That's when I meal prep. That's when I go to the store, I get my groceries and whatnot. So every day, even the free days, is still somewhat structured. You know, one thing that I want to share, I have no affiliation to these guys, but it's something that I recently found that has been so, so awesome yeah. for my lower back mm. is the So Right. Have you heard of this thing? No, I have one. Dude, yeah. I've been using the So Right every day. It's painful. It's painful. Yeah. If I remember when I, first, right. when I first saw it, I'm like, what is this? You just lay on it. It's really good. I've been doing that every morning. So my morning back stuff is I do, uh, I do down dog, up, up dog mm -hmm. for five rounds of that. I hold it for like, you know, whatever, 10 to 20 seconds in each position. And then I do five uh, uh, bird dogs. Uh, not five bird dogs. Five uh, um uh, what's it called? Cat cows. Cat cows. Cat cows. Those have been Cat cows are great. See, I, I can't do the um, the dog up, so I'm like, I have like an extension intolerance in my low back. Oh, so you can't extend So that I way? can't extend like that. That's like my big pain trigger. Flexion, I'm decent, but I'm mostly, I'm a, a mixture of flexion, extension, intolerance. So yeah, you know, 20 plus years in the gym and 20 plus years concrete and steel is not friendly on the low back, man. 
and then also being kind of stupid at times, <laughs> you know? You know, egos, bro, oh, in the gym, dude. especially in the gym. I feel like ego is a good place in the gym if it's somewhat controlled. You, you know, know those days you're feeling good? Oh, Just lo load the bar. I, you know, it's so <laughs> funny you say that. I was, in, I was recently in California, and you know from coaching me, like I've had, I got to be somewhat careful with my back. I, yeah. I, always, I can have a back issue creep up on me. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I can't lift heavy weight or, yeah. or do lift heavy weight all even, the time. Even when your back is feeling weird, right. you can still do it, but you know you're going to pay for it afterwards. Right. But I will say that, like, I think the adverse in not building those muscles in your lower back to support and 100%. to support the injury potentially puts you in a worse off place. Now, I did that. Exactly what you're saying. I backed off so much out of fear when I initially, my lower back issues started creeping up. So I noticed, like, the muscles in, like, my spinal erectus, for example, like, they atrophied. And I just, you, you know, like, you'll do, like, um like farmer's walks or suitcase carries and whatnot. And I can tell my weakness. My lower back used to be probably my strongest aspect of my body. And then like that, and I, and, and I feel like it exacerbated my pain. So working on that and starting to add in like those low back movements to like strengthen it has definitely helped me. One thing that, you know, a little sidestep, because I think it's important to say, one thing that would be really cool for the listener is if someone is battling with lower back issues and they're afraid to go to lift weights, like can you give them a few movements to obviously start light, very light, but build up ultimately a few movements that'll help them strengthen their lower back? So I think the first thing when it comes to lower back, because this is what happened to me, like I remember if I look back, I, can have, I could have seen, I can trace back my injury to little moments in time when I was training, where in my head it's like, it's just a tweak take a couple of days off, go back at it. So there's always a cause there. It's either a breakdown in form, ego on the bar, this and that. So before you get to the point where you need the movement, check yourself, unload the bar a little bit, form check, get your biomechanics right, start lifting. Now, other than that, I think McGill Big Three is probably a great step for most people. So that's the bird dogs, but they got to be done right. You could probably find them on uh, Brian Carroll's Instagram. He's a co-author with Stuart McGill on the gift of injury. So that's going to be super helpful. Uh, so they got the bird dog, the side plank, and the McGill curl up. So it's like, um, in a way, it's kind of like a dead bug. You've done dead bugs on the floor, mm -hmm. right? Similar to on that. On your back. Yeah, but this is like your 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 feet are still up. It, it's, it's hard to explain, but... Brian Carroll has great videos of that on his Instagram. Okay, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll um, point to that in the show notes. So you're basically saying the McGill. What is it? The McGill, McGill Big Three. The McGill Big Three. Yeah, and that's for Dr. Stuart McGill. He's based out of uh, Canada. Okay, and so if someone, let's just say, is like me, yeah. has lower back issues, but is already in the world of lifting weights, yeah. building strength, is there? But they're they're afraid to add a little extra weight to that deadlift. Okay. What do you, but you're trying to get this person to a place, you know that the squat, the deadlift, the bench press, the, the overhead press, yeah. the, the, the barbell curl, like those movements are really going to help you be a better bodybuilder. For right? sure. Like those are like. They're just, and, and not even specifically those movements, but those patterns, like a squat pattern, a hip hinge pattern whether it's a Romanian deadlift or a conventional deadlift or a sumo deadlift, a lot of people, because biomechanics are different on all of us. You know, some tall people have, with, with long legs, 
have issues squatting a certain way, this and that. But if you find your pattern like um, like a split squat or a Smith machine squat or a front squat versus a barbell squat, those patterns have to be trained, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You know. All right. So. So I, yeah. What was your question about? No. So I guess the question was was like, how can you help somebody mm -hmm. build their deadlift? Let's just say that has some lower back stuff like me. Yeah. And I'm just saying this. I know that like. Teddy and I are both, we're, we're fucking, we're not doctors, we're not scientists. <laughs> By any means. Yeah, but, yeah. but you know, there's a lot of experience between the two of us in the room, right? So, I, and I've now, I've now got a four, 415 yeah. one rep max deadlift, which is big for me. Yeah, I remember you know? when you were trying to get 405. Yeah. yeah. So I've got a 415 deadlift and, and I've got a bad lower back. Yeah. And most people would say to me, all right, you're 165 pounds. You're deadlifting 415, which is pretty damn yeah. good. You've got a shitty back. Like, how is that possible? Yeah. And it's totally possible, right? Yeah. There, it's not going to come without some shit going down. Well, almost every world record powerlifter has herniated disc in his back. Almost every single one of them. You know, mm -hmm. it's very common. Most people who have herniated discs are actually asymptomatic. You know, it's the rare few like me and you who are symptomatic in that regard. What do you, what do you suggest for the person who's trying to get that deadlift up? So when it, when it comes to that person, right, you're going to find a moment in your deadlift where the pain triggers. For me, it's up top at the extension. I remember thinking back in the past when I would lock out my deadlifts, that's when my pain would trigger. It was never off the ground. So... I've worked with a lot of physical therapists who are, you know, specialized in this field. And you kind of have to reverse engineer and work that part of the movement that sucks. You just got to work at it and slowly, progressively overload that movement. So you almost got to just work, like rack deads, for example, right? You start working on the extension, you get that extension stronger. So if your pain's off the ground, you kind of work that aspect of it. So you build that area that you suck at because that's a breakdown right there. There's something that you're doing wrong. Either your stance is wrong, your pelvic tilt is wrong, your posture is wrong. And if you find that and you can make that area better, your whole lift is going to get better. So if there's somebody that's listening to you right now, yeah. what kind of advice can you give them to help? Like where can they go to, to, to help them figure this shit out? Wow, that's a, that's a tough question. So Hire a coach, obviously, is one. Yeah, and there's a lot of people I can recommend. It depends if you want to go remotely because that's a, that's a different aspect. It depends because I would only recommend that to someone who's very serious about what they do because those people who specialize in that area, they're no bullshit. You know, powerlifting, it's, uh, they're an interesting group of people. You know, they're animals. You know, they're animals. So, um, you know, they don't want to waste their time. But there's good coaches and bad coaches in every field. So it's a tough one. I can't really direct someone to a specific place, like a general place for them to look up, like what do I do? There's, there's great people like Steffi Cohen. She's a world record power lifter, but she has a great Instagram, great social media. She's got a lot of, um, I think, who else is there? Lane Norton's pretty decent mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, information and social media has run really well. So I would just look for someone who's credible. Like credibility is everything in the sport. Credibility and what other people say about them. Because everyone could talk themselves up to the moon. But it's what others say about you in this field that's and really are, important. And are these people accessible? Like if somebody's like, hey, I really want to build my deadlift. Yeah. And they're like, I can't get, I can't get past 225 pounds. Yeah. 
I well, can't get past 185. There's other folks that are going to be more accessible, and it also depends on you know financial situations of people. Mm. What you want, you know, how serious is it competitive, or is this just for um, you know just for leisure, for example? If that's the case, you could there's endless tutorials online. Like the Australian strength coach, I forgot his name, but he's got a phenomenal Instagram page with tremendous amount of tips. So mm. he's a, he's actually you know um. Hafthor Bjornsson, the world's strongest man, mm-hmm. he he that's who trains him. But oh, his wow. his Instagram's incredible. I I literally believe it's Australian strength coach. He's okay. excellent. Um I want to I want to change direction a little bit cuz I want to get into into like what you do. Okay. I, I want to know I want to know and 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 what you do and then I know also being a coach you you coach a variety of different people, people yeah. that want to compete, people that just want lifestyle, people that want to just yeah. lose weight. That kind of just happened. The coaching thing? No, the turning into the lifestyle coach. It was all it was all competitive for a while. That's initially what I wanted to get into. But it's funny, like I fell into bodybuilding by accident, I fell into coaching by accident, and it all had to do with women. So that was funny. Yeah, my, my first the way I started bodybuilding, I was with a, I was dating someone for six years. Didn't work out. So for lack of a better word, I was like, fuck this, I'm getting shredded for the summer. That's it. That was my plan. I'm like, I got to feel better. I'm getting shredded. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So I stopped eating carbs. That's it. I went like six months. It worked. I got lean, but it wasn't great. I was like, it was. I didn't know much. You know what I'm saying? I was in my 20s. I didn't know much. I was still working out from Flex Magazine. I had no idea natural bodybuilding was a thing. So my brother's like, why don't you compete? I'm like, dude, I don't do steroids. I'm not competing. What are you talking about? Same thing as you. I'm like, I'm 150 pounds. Yeah. Like, what am I competing? He's like, no, this whole thing, natural bodybuilding, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, I ended up getting linked up with a coach, started competing, and I was hooked. Now, fast forward a couple of years later to 2016, I believe it was, I met another girl. She saw that I competed, and at that point, I competed for three years. So she asked if I can help her get ready for a show. I'm like, all right. I'm like, it's better than what she's doing. She was doing it on her own. She know what the hell she was doing. Ended up getting her in really amazing shape. I was like, wow, that felt really good. Like getting her in shape and her like um, her response towards it and how gratifying it was for me to be like, she's that happy because of how I helped her. I was like, whoa, like let me try. So for about a year or two, I just helped people for free. You know, because I didn't feel like I was in a place where I could even charge someone because mm-hmm. I just didn't know enough. I wanted that experience. And I just kept producing and everyone was happy. And then just that ended up turning into a business. So, yeah, that's how that went. What, what it, it, so I love that like that is the, naturally how that progressed for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know? Just all accident. What up, guys? Quick interruption from the podcast for a giveaway. I've been. I've been backed up on these giveaways, so I'm super duper sorry. Today's giveaway for a box of meal one or a bag of nightcap is going out to Philip Does. On June 28th, he wrote legendary five-star rating. Michael brings amazing guests onto the pod and almost every episode has content that you can apply to your life immediately and see results. Keep up the good work. Philip, you're the man. Thank you so much for your review and your five-star rating. Give us a D, uh, uh, write us a DM on Instagram at Creatures of Habit. Let us know your address and we're going to send you out whichever you choose, either meal one or a bag of nightcap. Super stoked. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for the review. Back to the pod. Let's just use a generalization right now. 
because I think it's going to be okay. hard to get into like the, you know, like yeah. I know you've got a client who I look at sometimes that is just, he's just an oddball. The dude is, you. I think you fed him 350 grams oh my of carbohydrates. God, my, dude, I fed him a thousand carbohydrates in a 36 hour window and his weight did not budge. Yeah, I mean, it's did just, not budge. It's weird. That was during the peak. Yeah, it was crazy. That's some weird I've shit. Had, I've had females like that too. Roxy, Ro- Roxy was like over a 48 hour window, like a thousand carbs, just to fill her out. Now in hindsight, I probably should have started filling her out earlier. So I didn't have to push so much in that thing because, but that's, anyway, that's a boring topic. She leaned out like crazy. Yeah. I mean, she really. Crazy, like, crazy. Man. But I, like, so I want to talk about the three different phases. I want to talk about mm-hmm. a bulk. Yeah. A maintenance and, and a cut. I don't necessarily want to talk about cut to peak because I think that's like yeah, such it's, a small it's percentage. It's very normal. Yeah, but agree. I'm talking about the normal person. Not the normal person, the active person that okay. could potentially consider themselves like an athlete of some sort, right? Yeah. Like a, pro, I, a person whose fitness is basically a big part of their lifestyle. Big part of their life, someone, that, someone that's really into it, that yeah. really wants to dial it in. Okay. What are their macros in a bulk, in a maintenance, and a cut? Let's call it for a man, let's say 165 pounds, 12% body fat. Yeah. So it, l- l- I think the easiest way to start it is let's go like calories, for example, right? So when it comes to a woman, average size female, Guys, apologize. Women are an average. You're all great. I like 2,000 calories to be like, I, I, I need that. I need 2,000 calories for hormonal, hormonal health. Just metabolic. For a woman. For a woman. Just 2,000 calories. The macros are going to go. It depends how they process foods, fats or, um, fats or carbohydrates. Those are going to shift depending on how that person, um, whatchamacallit, processes them. But as, in terms of protein... I'll see their, how much they weigh, right? An ideal body weight, basically 10 pounds down, 10 pounds up, right where they're at. That's kind of like where I like to set their protein, at least to start. And then I'll fill the rest in with carbohydrates and protein. And their carbohydrates and fat. Uh, carbohydrates and fats, excuse me. And their fats, I'll definitely, I will not dip below 40 to 50 grams at first. And then I kind of just monitor them for about two weeks. And in that two-week window, if they're being 100% consistent, I'll know where to adjust. So, but let's just use for an example for the people listening so that they can understand. Let's say woman, 5'4", 130 pounds. Okay. So she's got 130 grams of protein. She's, she's you know. She's in good shape? She's in good shape. Okay. She's in, she's in, she's, she, she's in decent shape. Yeah, so she's, so I would keep her protein right at her body weight, if not 10 grams more. But I'll probably start a body weight. 200-ish gram carbs, depending, obviously, if she's healthy and everything's good. And her car, and her fat's probably around 50 to 60 grams. I think dietary fats is super important. So you start, you're going to start at, you're going to start at 130 protein, yeah. 200 grams of carbs. Yep. And 60. 50 to 60 fats. 50 to 60 fats. Yeah. And how long are you going to run that and what are you looking for? I'll run it for two weeks and I won't let it budge. Unless things are going crazy in one direction. Training or, and non-training? Uh, depends. Depends. It depends what the goal is. Are mm-hmm. we just getting them in a good place? Are we trying to build we're muscle? In, let's say we're in January. Yeah. Like everybody in mm-hmm. January wants to make the change. And they're trying to be in bikini shape, you know, for June. So I'll probably stabilize it right away. Because before I slash any type of calories or lower anything, I like to find their true maintenance. I feel like that's very important. To find where you are stable at. Like this keeps you right where you're at. That's what you need to find. 
because then you can define a surplus, then you can define a deficit. So this is where you just, you cruise, you maintain, you feel good, weight's not really going up and down too much, a pound here up, a pound down there. And so, so, let's, so just so I can articulate this, and, and the reason why I'm being so like hardcore here no, is because you got me yeah. into the best shape of my mm -hmm. life ever. I would, would I recommend what I did uh, for everyone listening here? Yeah. Probably not, because it's <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's it's definitely it, its own thing. It's its own thing. Sorry, but you know, it's imp I like if it, the person that I have the most trust in. Yeah. In this whole space, for getting people into shape is you. But the beautiful thing about me and you, when it comes to that, we had tremendous communication. So I tell you, Mike, how how have you been eating, dude? I've kind of been under eating this and that. So I'm gonna start you at a little different of a place there, because our two preps when we did it, they were a little different on both ends. Mm -hmm. I'd give you refeeds a lot more on the other one. Peak week was different. Remember how much we we peaked you way better for your pro debut than we did for your pro win. Mm -hmm. So it depends. So that's what I'm saying when I was uh, to trail back to before diet history. You can only, that's why when it comes to averaging macros, I can only work with where you are. So if someone's coming to me eating 1,000 calories every day and I just give them 2,000 calories, they're going to start putting on body fat. So what do you do there? Yeah, I, I got to work them up. I got to work them up. Yeah, I got to work them up. I got to put them in a more sustainable controlled environment. You know, a lot of these people who chronically under eat and go up and down, they don't have controlled environments. You have to know, that's why people, people like to bastardize tracking. Like it's like, oh my God, it's unhealthy eating. But if you don't know what you're consuming, you're gonna have a hard time knowing how to grow muscle, how to grow fat, I mean, how to add fat, and how to get into a deficit. A lot of these, a lot of these people are delusional in what they're intaking. And then you'll have the people say, oh, but portion control. All of that is calorie tracking. All of that is macro tracking. So they look at it like it's almost an eating disorder, but it's just not the case. Calories in versus calories out is for the average person and the hormonally balanced person the way it goes. It's not everything, of course, but that's, you know, very, that's a different topic. All right, so we're at, so let's just say, all right, so female, 5'4", 130 pounds. She's eating 130 to 140 grams of protein, about 200 grams of, of carbohydrates, and about 50 to 60 grams of fat. Something like that, yeah. That sounds right. Male, 180 pounds, 5'10", 5'11", 15% body fat, yeah. in, good, in good shape, active fit, wants to, wants to not get completely shredded to, you know, the sub 6% body fat arena, yeah. but like wants to like rip off a shirt in the summertime and look awesome. Muscular dude? Muscular dude. So like where I'd start him? Yeah. Again, my goal is to find his maintenance level. Now I'm a high protein guy, especially when it comes to men. So I'm gonna have him at about 225 right off the bat. 400-ish carbs, something along those lines. 300 to 400, depending on what he can control. And fats are gonna be anywhere from 75 to 90-ish probably a good starting place. That's if that person doesn't know what he's intaking, mm -hmm. you know? And I get a rough idea of just by speaking to him what he eats in a day. And so you think that that macro split, 225, 400. 300 to 400, that's what I say. I need that cushion because yeah. I don't know where they're coming from. So that for you is, because the weird thing is like, 
I never ate that much. I think in, 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 in maybe in our two books at the peak, yeah. I was eating like 300 grams of carbohydrates, yeah. I think. We were definitely in the high 200s yeah. at one point. But the beauty of you is you don't put on fat. You know, you, you're not a guy who puts on a lot of fat. You stay relatively lean. You have a great body composition, even at your highest weight. Like you're always going to have abs. But the funny thing is, is that I'm sure I could... Like, you always make kind of made fun of me. You're like, yo, dude, like, you're not going to eat. <laughs> you're not going to eat what I tell you. You're, like, you're in a bulk. I know you're not. Yeah. Remember what I told you before, that psychological aspect of coaching. You, you have to coach the person. It's not always the numbers. Because I have to keep you in a place where you are going to be happy, number one. You know, you're going to perform, number two. And we're going to get you to your goal, number three. But how many times did I beg you? I'm like, Mike, let me get you to like 185, get you huge. <laughs> you know, it's just what I wanted. Because I see you and I'm like, oh, I just want to get my hands on the machine and just build him. Like Frankenstein, this guy. But, um, you know, it's that psychological aspect is very important. Man. You know, it's so funny. Like I'm, I'm on my way there with CrossFit, right? Yeah. Because I'm eating for performance now. And I'm not eating for aesthetic, really, even though I definitely want to look good. So it's I I, I'm, 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 in a, I'm in a kind of like a funky place because I know that I'm probably... Knowing you, you're under-eating. I'm sure I'm under-eating. Guaranteed. Yeah, I'm, sure, Guaranteed. I'm sure I'm under-eating. Guaranteed. I saw your videos um, when you were out in California. I actually mean to ask you about that. That energy in that place must have been awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it crazy how energy in a gym or in just in your environment, what it can do for you? Like, it can just unlock another gear oh, in dude. training. It's like... It goes to show you the mental aspect involved in training. It's one of my happiest places. Yeah. And that's why I make sure to be there at least five, six days a week, yeah. at least, you know. It's like, for me, people say to me, and even you would say, yo, dude, man, like, you know, just... I, yeah, controlling I, you was always my most difficult, my most day, difficult part. Yeah. Take a day. I remember I used to beg you, I'm like, Mike, rest day. No <laughs> cardio, no training, sit on your butt, chill with the kids, just hang out. I need you to relax <laughs> because bodybuilding is different you know it's not really performance you want to maintain your performance under the bar no question about it but you're not beating anyone with numbers my whole goal with bodybuilding is muscle preservation that's basically what any fat loss phase should be called a muscle preservation phase right because it's never a smaller weaker tinier version of you it's a leaner better you know, more aesthetic looking you. That's what we're after. All right, so let's just lock this in so that so the person listening can can kind of walk away with some idea. So you got two weeks, a two week period of time that you put them on this. It's it's base it sounds to me like you are doubling their protein in so carbohydrates. I, here's a good way for like a general person to look at it. Let's say there's a six foot per, six foot person, he's two hundred and twenty pounds. Right? Eating three thousand calories a day. 200 to 250 grams of protein, you set that in. The rest of your calories, fill them up with carbohydrates or fat, whatever you digest best. How would you? Don't let your, I would say this, don't let your fats go over 90, for example. It's a good starting place. Start at like 75, 80, a moderate place, and then fill the rest in with your carbohydrates. You mean just start start with, so? So your base number is gonna be your protein. Yep. Right, you set that protein. And then you're gonna, you know, one gram of protein is four calories. You're gonna have a 3,000 calorie window, right? So let's say you're doing 75 grams of fats. One gram of fat is nine calories. Do that math, and then whatever you have left, that's your carbohydrates. Start right there. Monitor yourself, 
which means track your weight for two weeks straight, but be 100% consistent, 100% honest, and train. See if you're stagnant, if you're going up, if you're going down, if, you're start, if your weight's tracking down and your goal is to lose fat, stay right there. You want to make the least moves, but get the most out of them. That's the beauty of a fat loss phase. You know, you don't want to keep just, because your body is an adaptive machine. You know, the longer you stay at a lower calorie, that's going to become your maintenance because we're built to survive. We're built to survive on the least amount of food. You know, that's just evolution. So you want to be able to have moves under your belt to keep going, to keep progressing, and to stave off that metabolic adaptation. <clears throat> so I, and I, 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 like, I just want to say this loud and clear to everybody listening. I am not... A unique human. I am not a genetic phenom. You're pretty unique, bro. In a good way. But but I'm just saying, like I, like no, anybody you're... can can do the shit that I've done. <coughs> Absolutely. Right. <clears throat> I don't care what what you hear on the on the internet. For for you listening right now, where you're told to do this and this isn't going to work and that's not going to work and this isn't going to work. I'm just going to tell you. I'm going to ask Teddy another question, um, and he's going to tell me. I think what I, I think I know the answer. <laughs> I'm telling you it fucking works. Period. Yes. It worked it like what he is saying actually if you apply it will allow you to hit your goal. Period done. Cuz it worked for me a number of times. There's an amazing saying that I don't even know who created it, but it's in a, in the bodybuilding world for ages. The best program is the one you'll stick to. The best diet is the one you'll stick to. Compliance is the science. It's good things happen when you dedicate to something and you don't stray from the path. A lot of people are like, I'm gonna do macros. No, I'm gonna do calories. Today I'm gonna do portion control. Which is it? Because at that point, you're not being 100% accurate. You could be up 300 calories, down 300 calories, up 500, and you're no longer in a deficit. You're no longer in a surplus. You're just spinning your wheels. Stick to something. The, so, other, the other thing that I wanna say, that I think by listening to you say that, mm -hmm. made me think of this like, what we're talking about yeah. is a luxury thing to, to be able to think about. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a luxury thing to be able to think Absolutely. about. Absolutely. It's somewhat it's a of a privilege. It's a privilege to yeah. be able to consider for your life. Absolutely. Right? However, that said, it's not for everyone. No. But I will tell you that if you can harness your nutrition, meaning you develop a healthy relationship with your nutrition and you can dip in and dip out when you want, you have a healthy relationship with your nutrition and a healthy relationship with movement, meaning you don't dread act action yeah. in fitness or some sort of movement, gotcha. you will be a better human being and a happier human no being. No question about it. Period. Done. No question about it. There's a direct correlation between physical fitness and mental health. You can't detach it to. You know, when your body, this is your, you live in this body. When that's functioning well, this is functioning well, and vice versa. So we know, we kind of understand the nutrition, and then I'm going to, I want to talk about building into, in a cut phase, and like okay. what that looks like. But I also want to ask before that, because I'm sure people are wondering, cardio. It depends on age, depends on a lot of things. It's a, it's a, it's a hard one to generalize. At the end of the day, some cardio couple times a week is good just for health benefits you know at the end of the day it's cardiovascular health so it is great for your heart you know but it also depends on 
the person's profession. Like Roxy, for example, she was do, she was a soul cycle instructor when I coached her. I didn't give her a single day of added cardio because that was her job. You know, when I was working on job working on job sites and prepping for a show, my cardio was a quarter of what I used to do. You know, because I'm on my feet all day. You know, lugging concrete around. So it depends where you are. But a baseline, I mean, you could walk daily. It's always great. You know, I'll probably start there. 10,000 steps. Nah, even that's a lot. Even that. That's that's good for, like, the person who just, like, you, if, even if you could hit 6,000 steps a day. For the person who's stationary. Mm. Like someone who's working a desk job, for example. 6,000 steps is going to be, like, get that, you know? And if you want to increase that and if that's your average, go with 8,000. If you wanna, if you wanna cut down and lose fat, okay, how important is cardio? It's not necessary. It's gonna help you. It's a tool. It's a tool because there's two ways you get into a deficit. It's it's a negative energy balance. One, you're gonna lower your lower your calorie intake, which is your stored energy in your body, or two is create the negative energy deficit by adding more expenditure. So you're burning more calories, your, your movement, you know, your neat, your bliss, your miss, your hit, whatever you want to call it, or your steps. So you're saying, and I guess it's hard for me because I was a competitor, so it's hard because as a, as a, as a competitor, mm-hmm. do you think cardio is necessary? It's a great tool. Most are going to need it, but it's not necessary for everyone. You can just get there basically by nutrition. Yeah, if a person like if if a person has 20 pounds to lose for example, right? And they don't have a very adaptive metabolism, which means they'll respond well to a deficit, they're not going to need much cardio if their calories are in a good place. Like if they have 3000 calories and I got to pull 20 pounds off them, we'll do it, you know. We probably won't need much cardio. A couple of sessions. I've had plenty of girls not surpass like four sessions of 20 minutes a week. You know, which is nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're probably not even hitting your 10,000 steps in that. If you prescribe cardio, yeah. is there a time of day that you've seen that you have found it to be more effective? So the science proves that it doesn't matter what time you do a post-workout, fasted, this, this, and that. Me personally, I find the psychological benefits of doing fasted cardio incredible. And it's like you don't even want to say fasted cardio in the natural bodybuilding world. They'll look at you like you don't know what you're talking about. But psychologically, it just puts your brain into like, oh, we're burning fat today, you know? And it's like that second workout. It starts your day. You're energized. It it just does so much. That placebo effect is very real in my opinion. You know what's so weird? So we did, towards the end of a prep, we would, you know, you never had me doing a lot of cardio. You didn't need it, see? You didn't have me doing a lot of cardio. But like, we'd start really doing cardio a couple of days a week in the beginning of a prep for like 20 to 20 minutes on an uphill treadmill basically that was the only cardio that Mm -hmm. you and i really did together you said don't i don't want you running i don't want you on a on a stairmaster i don't even want you on a fucking bike if you want to do a hit session you can do a couple of uh, it was like five intervals yeah yeah um i want you i want you to walk uphill and it was and literally it was like twice a week for whatever it was for like the first month and a half of a prep month a month and a half of a prep but as we got closer and closer to peak, you had you would increase my cardio, and you said to do it post post because you knew me too. Yeah. I was always in the gym at five. You know, at that time, yeah, was still living in Brooklyn. I was typically in the gym by five fifteen, five thirty. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm not getting a meal in. 
that's actually going to be utilized in that workout. Correct. Because I would have to wake up at four and yeah. eat at four fifteen to use that use that nutrition for a five fifteen mm -hmm. workout. Yeah. So I was training fasted most days. Yeah. I was lifting fasted, and then I was yeah, I, I was doing that. cardio afterwards, and. It worked for me. Absolutely. There's no doubt. Yeah, you were shredded. 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 You got. You were. You actually in our second show. You were like, dude, I cannot get you. I do not want to get you as shredded as you were the last. Correct. Show. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I, I really wanted to bring you in fuller. I wanted to bring you in bigger because you learn a lot. You know, it it takes it takes a coach time to learn their athlete as well, especially going through one peak, for example. Like how much is what's going to cause them to spill? What's going to cause them to fill out? What's going to cause them to go flat? And then you learn a lot, you know, and you're very disciplined. So it's like, and we, we had the luxury of running a mock peak week. Right. I don't, it was a couple of weeks prior, right? Yep. It was like one or two weeks prior. I remember that. And I'm like, okay, we know what to do with this guy. No, then, it was more than that. I think it was like, might have been a month. it was like three weeks or yeah, something Yeah, yeah, like which is great, which is, that's where you want to be. You want to be like, because you were ready then. That's what gives me the confidence. Like, right, I'll just run a mock peak week. And after that, it was just... Relaxing your body, recovering your body, letting you cruise in, no stress. I know what to do. I know what he can handle. I could push a little bit more if I need to, and it worked out great, man. You know, it's so funny. I think back on that show. Um, <laughs> dude, I saw the guys, like, in the lineup, I knew who was going to win the show, yeah. right? I Honestly, I didn't even think I was going to place in the show. Yeah. But somehow I did. Mm -hmm. The guy that won the show was literally double my size. Yeah. He was double my size. And then the guy that came in second was not as tall as the guy that won the show, but he was, his back was double my That's back. Crazy. I look at those guys and I'm like, how are these guys natural? And, and you know what's funny? People will look at you and be like, oh, his genetics, right? There's people who blow our genetics away, like guys you went up against. Totally. They don't understand there's absolute genetic freaks in this world. You know what's really funny, though, <laughs> what happened? I haven't even thought about this in so long. In that show, I was, you know, I, I, I felt good, but I once I saw those guys, I was like, all right. It does something to you, too. Yeah, to I was like, psyche. I got I to, gotta like, go out there. I got to look. I, I just, it, you know, I just got to, it's got to be perfect. I got to yeah. be perfect. So I over, um, Pump. pr I over pumped. Yeah. And I'm on stage. <laughs> and I was hitting uh, my back, my lat position. Yeah. And my whole fucking posterior chain locked up. Dude, did yeah. I tell you that? No. Oh, dude. <laughs> no. That was like, it was such a scary feeling where yeah. I couldn't hold the pose because... Yeah, you're, you're, you're tired. I overpumped. Yeah. I overpumped. And I didn't know. And we loaded so much water the day before that a lot comes out. You know? The fact that I, I placed in that show was mine, but I couldn't believe it. Yeah, but you have shape, man. You have shape. You have the look. You have the presentation, you have a lot of natural confidence, and that shows on stage. And that's very important when it comes to bodybuilding. I think that the my strongest asset as as a physique athlete was my core. Was my, I mean, my, yeah. my, my you, core. you have abs without, you don't have to even control your stomach or your breathing. You're always going to show So do abs. you think, that's a great question, do you think that that is something that I genetically just yes. have? You do? Yes, absolutely. Because I'll tell you something that I probably never told you. Mm. When I was doing Muay Thai, yeah. we did no strength training. Yeah. We lifted, we did kettlebells. I've, I've trained Muay Thai. So oh, right. Yeah, you I'm know the deal. Yeah, right. you, you, and you competed too in Muay Thai, right? No. Okay. No. So we did no, we did no, it was all calisthenics, some kettlebells, and kettlebells really didn't even come until the end. Back then, yeah. It was conditioning, lots of sparring, lots of calisthenics, and, and, and the conditioning was long, like, 
you know, five to seven mile slow fucking runs, yeah. right? The what I did for years, and this is why morning routine, you know, my morning routine has evolved a lot. But I kept the fifty push ups every morning because I yeah. still do fifty push ups after my prayers in the mornings. But before, for years, my wife, you know, it's so funny. I did five hundred push ups every morning and a thousand crunches. Every morning for years. Yeah, it, it helps, dude. I I believe yeah. that that's why I've always I have this developed for sure. It's it's definitely the reason that it's so developed. But you have a genetic disposition to develop it, like a a, a thing that can relate to a lot of people who fi- are fans of bodybuilding. For example, you, you're actually one of them. Bicep peak. You can't train a bicep peak. You're gonna get that little mountaintop and that's just your genetics you'll see some of the guys on the mr olympia stage with no bicep peak and you know they have the most enhancements you know everything you can imagine great genetics but that you just can't train for it that's just genetically disposed to have that either you have it or you don't exactly you know and it still takes work to show it though which like your core for example Mm -hmm. you know all right so now i just want to before we wrap this up i want to just quickly talk about uh I want to talk about a cut and I want to talk about, so you got somebody like you try to keep a female, let's just call it generally, generally at 2000 cows, a male, you'd like to have a male at around 3000 cows. Yeah, anywhere from three to four, depending on the person. Okay. And that's like a really, really great place. And I'm telling you from my experience, I'm just here to say 3000 calories, you're happy as fuck with 3000 calories. That's where I'm at now. That's a lot of food. Yeah. It's a lot of food. And when you're eating clean, it sucks. It's a lot. Like, it's a chore to eat, you know? So how? So if somebody wants to get in great shape, and I'm talking about 8 to 10% body fat yeah. for a normal human being, for a, fem- for a male, for a female, 15 to 18%. Like turning heads on the beach right, in right. type of shape. Female, 15 to 18%. Male, uh, well, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe 15 to 20% to female yeah. and 8 to 10% male. Gotcha. You're at 3,000 cows. How much time do you give them? How much time do you say, all right, this is when you really need to start your cut, a.k.a. deficit, a.k.a. So I, I like to have time. But let's say, for example, it's not a competitor. This is someone who just wants to get ready for a beach. Summertime. Run. I like 16 weeks. Okay. You know, because in that time frame, I could do diet breaks of sorts <clears throat> where I can have multiple refeeds. Or a couple of days where it's just like, here, we're going to boost your calories, just eat that, no training, back off. Just to stave off that metabolic adaptation I was telling you about. And it keeps you happy, it keeps you going, it keeps you in a mental state. But I would say four months is a very sweet, is a good spot. Because you don't want to feel pressured into the diet, you know, because life's going to happen no matter what. Someone's going to get married, you know, shit's going to happen. You have to go through some type of celebration where you're going to eat off and this and that. And you're not going to have 100% compliance. So you got to account for that. Mm-hmm. So in 16 weeks, it's very doable. 16 weeks. Yeah. And are you looking at it 16 weeks? So you've got kind of four major moments every month to just take a cut? Depends. Take- I've, I've had people get in such insane shape where maybe I've made like two, three changes. And other people, I have to make changes like every 10, 15 days. So it really depends on the person. What are the changes that you're typically making? So it's gonna be, so, so it's gonna be either a deficit with food, 
addition to cardio, sometimes both, and then sometimes pulling back and adding in more recovery. As in recovery is just like, don't do nothing. Like you need to chill out because you're not responding. You started to move in reverse. So there's a time to pull back. Let's talk about nutrition. Gotcha. Calories. What are you, what are you toggling? So I like, let, let's say the 2,000 calorie female, for example, right? Or the 3,000 calorie male. And it's the first move. I like my first move to be a little bit more aggressive than my additional moves because we're very adaptive, our metabolisms. So I just, instead of prolonging that initial like ball rolling down the hill, I like to pull, let's say for the guy, it's going to be anywhere from probably around 500 calories. For the female, it's probably going to be around 300. And just, I want that fat loss to start. You and know. that and those calories are going to typically come from carbohydrates and fats. Carbohydrates for me usually right off the bat. Carbohydrates right off the yeah, bat. Yeah, I like to take it from car- like I said, depending on where they are. And but, so that's something like if they're eating, let's just say two hundred and twenty car- two hundred and twenty protein, three hundred and fifty carbs, seventy five grams of fat. You're basically saying, all right, we're going to go. 220 grams of protein, we're going to take you down to 225 grams of carbohydrates. Something along those lines, yeah. So if I pull 100 carbs, it's going to be 400 calories. So we'll use that, like for a guy. I'll do something like that, or maybe I'd pull like 300 calories from the carbs, and then 10 grams of fat, if you're at like 95 fats. Not competing, but progressing along this 16-week track. Towards the end of this... Mm -hmm. Where do you see the macros kind of landing? So it depends. Sometimes you, you'll see a person who's doing tremendous progress, right? And they get towards the end and they're already in great shape, but they want a little bit more. Sometimes at that point, when you start adding food back in, that's what the body wants. And it starts getting tighter and it starts getting leaner and things start to happen. That's the beauty of a reverse diet. So it depends on that person. Yeah, it, it's hard because I know... A lot of people want like generalized tips on what to do and this and that, and it's always going to depend. But don't, that's the beauty of why I like refeed so much. They tell you a lot. Cause sometimes, Talk about a refeed. So a refeed basically is gonna be, uh, I, I don't wanna go about percentages, but you, it, it's a high calorie day, and it's coming mainly from the additions of carbohydrates. People like to, structure them a little differently. Me personally, I like to lower fats. I actually like to lower protein and I like to do about anywhere from a 300 to a 500 calorie increase to your from your training day macros all via carbohydrates. It's going to be I love those days. Yeah, you gave me those. It's, it's amazing. I remember remember your pumps? Remember how you know tight what's you would hard get? So like what would be hard would be like Teddy would have me at 220 protein, 200 grams of carbohydrates and you know this is kind of like this is like not my not in a bulk. This is kind of like going from bulk to to, yeah. to cut. So two twenty, two hundred, like sixty five. Yeah, you would bring me down to like one forty, six hundred and fifty <laughs> carbs, thirty grams of fat. Yeah, it's really hard and to get thirty grams of fat yeah. to hit thirty grams Cause, of fat. Because the way I like to do it, I like fast digesting carbs. So like white rice, for example, is like a big staple for me, this and that. But uh, isn't it funny how hungry you are on those days? Oh. Like you're eating so much more, but you're hungrier because of the leptin and the ghrelin, like the hunger hormones, they really just go crazy. But I remember you sending me the photos from in your gym and this and that, the pumps you would get on those days, your vascularity would be off the charts. My gosh. But that's the data that I use to get you ready for a show too. Like I'm collecting data all those days, you know? So you, you see how they respond. 
I want to finish with this piece, and then I'm going to ask you one last question mm-hmm. about your sleep routine because I think it's important because I know how important sleep is for for all the stuff that we're talking it's, about. It's a damn PED at this point, sleep. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, what, like, tracking is really, really hard. It just, it just, it for me and you, it's not hard. Yeah. We're used to it. We understand it. It, like, and now I can honestly say that I track my protein mm-hmm. because I know I need to hit my protein. Dude, I'm very similar because if I don't track my protein, what happens to me is I undereat. Right. And same thing, when I'm out of my routine and out of my environment, I will undereat. That's the main reason I continue to track, so I don't undereat. Protein is so important. And Absolutely. you taught me that. Yeah. The, like, you're like, yo, dude, I know you're not going to hit your carbs. Even I, I know you're not going yeah. not, to, not on the low side. He's like, you're like, you'll definitely hit your carbs when they're low. Yeah. You will not hit your carbs when, you're, yeah, when, I I, you. when I prescribe high. The one thing that I just need you to make sure you hit. Yeah. Is your protein. Yeah, because I had to spare your muscle on the way down. I mean, you're, you're friends with Dr. Gabriel Lyon, right? Mm-hmm. It's another one. Protein, 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 protein. So damn important. And quality of protein. Right. Just mm-hmm. walk us through quick quality protein. So it's just basically the amino acid profile of the protein and how it digests. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to talk bad about anyone who's vegetarian, whatever your choice is. But they don't have the same amino acid profile, and that's the building blocks of muscle, of hypertrophy, of muscle sparing, you know, of maintaining muscle on the way down. It's very important. Quick list of ideal proteins for, the, for people listening. Eggs, whole eggs, egg whites, wild-caught fish, bison, that's my number one, organic chicken, ground turkey breast, uh, your Greek yogurts, I love faye. Those are five great ones. You're obviously your whey protein. Your um, I like pea protein a lot. Pea protein's great, especially for your for your digestion. People tend to digest that very well. Even on like a rice protein, those those are great for anyone who has like digestive issues, things like that. So those direct proteins I really like. What about carbohydrates? My favorite carbohydrates. So when it comes to carbohydrates and it comes to food in general, what you can digest. That's always look at that because some people. For example, they'll eat a sweet potato and they'll have GI distress. Dude. Don't eat sweet potatoes. You know, like I'm if it's so pissed that I can't eat sweet potatoes. Yeah, I have a lot of things. I I can't eat too many bananas for that reason, and I love bananas. But same things, like it'll just bother my stomach. So um, I like uh, little red potatoes. Sweet potatoes are good if you can handle it. Oatmeal, of course. I'm a big oatmeal fan. Cream of rice, fruits. I love berries, very high in antioxidants. Your cauliflower, your vegetables, your dark green vegetables, cooked kale. Regular kale uncooked can cause a lot of GI distress in some people, especially with like a tricky stomach. So cooked kale is definitely going to be better in that regard. I'm not sure why, but I guess it just digests better. Now, yeah, those are some of my favorite carbs. And then fats. Uh, I'm Greek, so extra virgin olive oil is number one for me. But I love macadamia nut oil, avocado oil, extra virgin olive oil, and coconut oil. The beauty of those is it's so easy to track. One gram weight-wise is one gram of fat. So that's easy. But uh, egg yolks, I like omega-3 egg yolks. I like my fats coming from wild-caught salmon, like my uh, omega-3s. Obviously, you're going to have your peanut butters and things of that nature. But yeah, those, those are my go-to fats. All right. So you and I are 
very comfortable tracking macros. We understand what it means to meal prep. We understand that we we typically do it on, I do it on Sundays and it covers me pretty much Sunday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I do a little meal prep on Thursdays to get my last Thursday, Friday in there. Um, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday rather. And uh, Dude, that's funny, we're very similar. Cause I'm, I'm Sunday to Thursday, I'm locked in. Friday and Saturday, I kind of could play with it. Yeah, so that's yeah. basically it. Right? Yeah. Like, sometimes I get to it Thursday night, sometimes I miss it, and I just gotta kind of like piecemeal it. Yeah. But um, and I weigh my shit out. I weigh my shit out. It's just like it's just. But doesn't I'm, it give you peace of mind? It does. It, Same. And, yeah. and it makes it. It really does simplify things. But a lot of people don't have the ability to do that. So, what I always suggest is, hey, like, if you really want to do this, mm-hmm. commit to it for a month. Commit to, to meal prepping and tracking and weighing for a month. After a month, if you pay attention, you can eyeball pretty damn good. If you're not trying to compete. So it's, it's funny you say that because I'll get the thing. Um, I do Q&As on Instagram and this and that. And people will ask me about intuitive eating all the time. Do you coach intuitive eating? You can't coach intuition. Intuition comes from experience. It's a byproduct of experience. So like you just said, track for a whole month. You'd be very surprised what four ounces of X, Y, and Z is. It's a lot different than what your eye originally thought it was, but now you have an idea. So that gives you a ballpark range as to what to do. And then give it another six, eight weeks and track again. See how accurate you are. Give yourself a little test. Because I've been doing it for, Jesus, since 2012. So I'm 11 years now of tracking food. And I could say, even with my eye, maybe I'm 85% accurate, you know, compared to a scale. So think about that. Like, it takes time. It, it takes, takes time. time to build intuition. Into intuitive eating is like, you don't have intuition. So how are you intuitive eating? You're just eating whatever the hell you want. The, listen, man, the truth of the matter is, and you said it earlier in the podcast, like, <laughs> I never feel bad after eating healthy. Never. I never feel bad. Never. It just doesn't make me feel bad, Dude, ever. Have you ever been in a situation where you're out with a group of friends? They're all ordering this and that. Everyone's, I'm going to have pizza, mozzarella sticks, chicken nuggets, this and that. I'm going to have the salmon, but can you not cook it in butter? Can you cook it this and a side of broccoli, please? And they look at you like you're nuts. Think about that. Society makes you seem like you're the weird one. And eating macros and eating healthy and doing this and that is the bad part. No, no, no. no. They have that very, very twisted. It's just because feeling like shit is so normal these days (laughs) that you're the odd one out. I'll be odd every day then. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. I agree. Yeah, it's a crazy time. I agree. Day. I like I like just I also love just like not thinking about it, you but, know? But like you were saying before in in regards to sleep, you wanted to ask me a question about sleep. The, the way you eat is going to affect your sleep and how easily you fall asleep, how long you stay asleep, and how quickly you can wake up. Why would you jeopardize that? Mm. I mean, think of all the people like, oh, I just came back from vacation. I can't wait to sleep in my own bed. And you're going to go eat like shit on the plane and then go to sleep. And even that's disrupted. And you need two, three days after your vacation to bounce back. Not when you're eating healthy. Eating healthy and sleeping good, that's your performance-enhancing drugs right there. And we all have access to them. What, um, so, so do you think that that's something that, like, I, I, you know, somebody said it to me. I don't know if it was you or if it was somewhere I read it. Basically, and it made a ton of sense to me, mm-hmm. basically said, if you're going on a road trip and you know you got to drive from New York to Michigan, yeah. you're not going to, like, guess when to put gas in your car. Yeah. 
Exactly. You, you, you're going to look at the yeah. gas gauge. Oh, but don't track. It's going to tell you. No, you're tracking. <laughs> it's going to tell you, you know, what the car needs yeah. to perform to get you from point A to point B. Yeah. And if you don't look, you chances are going to run out of gas at some point yeah. and break down. And you're not going to get your, the, you could still get there. Yeah. But it's going to take a lot longer. It's a beautiful thing what you just said. Just because you can't doesn't mean you should. And that's with so many things in life. Can I diet down with Rice Krispie treats and garbage food and this and that and lose fat? Yeah, you absolutely can. You can fill your day with a bunch of shit, get into a calorie deficit and still work. But can you do it with micronutrient-dense foods? preserve a lot of muscle, get down there more optimally, look bigger, look leaner, look tighter, and be at the same body weight? You sure can. Which one are you going to take? Sleep is so important. You taught me that too. <laughs> you would say things to me like, how long, you know, I'd be like, damn, Ted, I'm like, I can't, I, I can't, like, I'm stalling out. And you'd be like, all right, uh, how's your sleep? Yeah. Rest up, take a rest day, sleep eight hours, hit me up in the morning, new low. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So true. Cortisol levels are a motherfucker, man. Yeah. So what what is your sleep routine? And then we got to wrap this bad boy. Uh, I, I'm I'm like clockwork. You know, I know what my last meal is. I drink tea. I drink tea about two three hours before bed, just so it doesn't interrupt my sleep. I'll get like my last meal in. My last meal is really light. I do two Greek yogurts and a bowl of fruit. So I'm along those lines. How, how long before bed? Half hour, hour, half hour depends. Mm -hmm. Depends when I want to go to sleep or when I when I have that meal. But it's it, it's pretty close to bread. And uh, I take three milligrams of melatonin, just so I have like deep sleep, and it just really helps me. And I just lay down. I put my phone away. That is the number one thing. Put your damn phone on the charger. Put it on do not disturb and don't touch it, because you ain't going to sleep scrolling on your phone. And I'll either wa watch some TV, but I'm lucky I'm one of those people. It's like, I'm going to go to sleep now, shut the TV off, roll over, and I'll be out in 10 minutes. Like, I can just put myself to bed like that. Mm. And that's it. You know, it's so interesting. I feel like the hardest part for people when it comes to the sleep department is that what you just said. Which one? Turning the TV off and walking into bed. Yeah. That's the hardest thing. It's discipline. It's the hardest thing. I feel like that piece. I got to get you nightcap. Uh, oh, wait, is, I, saw, I saw you. I, I got to get you nightcap. Yeah. It's your thing? It's my thing. Oh, shit. And it's the second product from Creatures of Habit. Yeah. So I, you know, sleep has been so integral to my success in just every area of my life. It gives all your hormones a chance to just get to their normal levels. Cortisol, time to drop. Your testosterone just to get to where it needs to be. Just put you to sleep. It's like it's your reset every day. It's your cool down period. You know, like your phone's on its charger. This is your charger, your bed, your iPhone. You're the iPhone right now and you're charging and you're getting ready for that next day. I mean, it's like I learned this with contest prep specifically. Like you need to, you're not training. I'll tell someone you're not training today. You're not training tomorrow. You're sleeping. I want you to sleep in. I don't care if you miss your meal. I want you to sleep, 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 prioritize sleep. Even if you got to get 10 hours like clockwork, it's guaranteed new lows, body fat, and then fat loss starts rolling again. You just need that hormonal reset, that body refresh, that true recovery. Because if you're sleeping four or five hours, you're in a constant state of stress, especially if you're dieting. Because dieting is a stress. Training is a stressor. Not sleeping is an added stressor. You're in a constant state of elevated cortisol. Nothing's going to function that way. You know, If your internal body's not functioning, the outside's not going to function either. 
and you want to put yourself in a position to succeed. So do you think that sleep is as important as the fitness and the nutrition? It's, it's right up there. You, you, yeah, you have to have it. You have to have it. It's, if you really want to perform. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say your nutrition and training is like your foundation, right? Sleep's right there. Sleep's that next step of importance. Out of fitness and nutrition, what is the... It's a, it's a, it, it's a tough one because they, they kind of have to coexist depending on your goal. But if you're just an average Joe, your nutrition's number one. Your nutrition's number one. If you're a competitive bodybuilder, they're equally important, you know? But then again, you can have, like, genetic elite with the most garbage nutrition and still, like, they can put on muscle just by looking at food. You know, so those people don't count. I just got to ask because I think I got you here. I'm just going to ask and then we're going to wrap. <laughs> For the person that's going to the gym. Yeah. Male or female. They're really trying to, and, and let's just be straight up here. The, 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 the I don't want to get bulky <laughs> question, you know, thing. <laughs> it's just, if you, if that's a thought that that's crossing your mind. It's insane. It's insane. It's, it's insane. so hard to get bulky. I have been trying to get <laughs> so huge my entire life. It is so difficult to put on a serious amount of muscle. You are literally built not to do that. It is so damn hard to put on a massive amount of muscle. You're not going to get bulky. And if you I do, am, God so bless I, you. I've, since I've started CrossFit about, I guess it's now 10, 11 months. Yeah, it's been that long, huh? It's been that long. I started sure. in, well, not yeah, maybe when we launch this, it'll be 10, 11 months. Yeah. It's, it's been since, uh, since September. Sure. I've gone from a full filled out medium, I'm a large now. Yeah. For the first time in my life, I'm a large. And you, you know, know where I notice it most on you? Your upper back. Oh, really? Yeah. I can see it. So, normal human, mm -hmm. but loves fitness, loves lifting weights. They really want to see results, not including nutrition. Let's just assume that their nutrition is on point. Mm -hmm. What is the one thing that they should definitely focus on. Get stronger. And how is the, what is the best way to get stronger? Progressive overload. Yeah, so a, a very broken down way of doing progressive overload, for example, right? Let's say someone wants to bench press. You got 100 pounds on the bar, and I, get, I want you to do four sets of 10 to eight reps. So what I mean by 10 to eight reps is, I don't want your number dropping below eight, but I don't want you surpassing 10 for four. So let's say you could do 10 reps, 10 reps, and then it's like eight and then seven. Like, shit, you didn't get the prescribed number of reps. Next week, you got 10, 10, nine, and eight. The week after that, 10, 10, 10, and 10. Oh, shit, I nailed what I wanted to do. Good, bump up the weight the next week. Repeat, progressive overload. That's like a simple way to do it. What about failure? I, I think one of the most important things for anyone who seriously wants to put on muscle, learn how to take a set to true failure. It is so important. You have to know what it's like. Because what you think is failure, like, like an RPE scale, for example, like most of your RPE 10s are an RPE 7. Like you don't know what you have in you. Like I was telling you before, that environment that you were in in California, man, I bet you, you felt like you could have ran through a fucking wall. You don't know what's in you. There's so much more. Like David Goggins talks about it. We're just 40% of what we're capable of. There is so much more in you. Learn what it's like to take it to failure. Do it with a training partner. Be smart about it. I mean, I've, I've died under a barbell many times. 
where you got to drop, you know, three, four hundred pounds off your back. But I know I failed, <laughs> you know, and I know what I can capable of. And knowing what you're not capable of is just as important as knowing what you're capable of. You know, it's, it's you have to know what you can't do as much as it's the same thing like business. Learning what not to do is sometimes the best lesson mm. to keep going, to keep growing. Teddy, you're a fucking legend, dude. No, you're the man. I love you, bro. I Honestly, love you more, man. man. I, I like. I appreciate you, bro. It's I, crazy. It, it's, I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's crazy that like we developed such a friendship, you know, and it's really cool because it, it, it's funny because I get people who send me like your stuff so often not knowing how tight I am with you <laughs> or that we even have a connection whatsoever. And it's cool, man. It's like I, I'm almost proud. Like, yeah, that's my friend. You know, so it's awesome. It's awesome to see everything you're doing, uh, the way your business is growing, just your world, the world that you've built for yourself. I mean, I love it, man. It's, 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 it's an honor. You're my brother. But you're also someone I really look up to, too, man. Like, I love seeing you. You truly, it's so rare to see someone living the American dream in today's world because it's very difficult. And you're doing it, man. And it's inspiring. Thanks, and I love dude. it, man. I mean, that, I mean I'm yeah. like blushing over here. I really. Yeah, it's the truth, man. It's true. I, t- I talk to my pops about you. You know, my pops is a Greek immigrant, you know, and he's he loves it. He loves seeing it. He thinks your body's incredible. Like, it's awesome, man. <laughs> I've seen your yeah. pops. <clears throat> you know, there was a couple of videos where you, like, when you were, like, in your last show, your pops was, Posing like, critiquing your, your physique. Dude, if I get his, if I get his approval, I'm gold. <laughs> that, dude, that, that guy doesn't give out compliments. Anybody who's looking to change their overall outlook on life. And I say that because fitness has changed and saved my life and saves my life on a daily basis. Anybody who's listening to this podcast and wants to change that for themselves, yeah. or you're in it already and you wanna, you wanna step it up a notch, you wanna see what you're capable of, do me a favor, hit up Teddy. Because any picture that you've ever seen of me <laughs> um, in that like you know shredded phase, my is man. under Teddy's tutelage. Thank you. One hundred percent. I appreciate you for that, and I appreciate our friendship, man. I really do look at you as a brother, even though we don't get to hang out as much. So right, man, we're doing it. You're the man. You drop some serious knowledge. I know that the listeners have got some amazing, amazing value today. Where can they find you? Uh, so you can find me at Teddy Grams eighty four on Instagram, or CoachTeddy.com. and you just find anywhere. Just contact me, application, newsletter, whatever it may be. Easy, easiest way. Awesome, dude. All right, my man. Appreciate man, you, brother. Guys, thank you again for tuning in to the Creatures of Habit podcast. This one was a really good one, man. There was a lot of connection in here. I know from personal experience that what we talked about actually does work. You're going to hear a lot of stuff on the internet. You are going to see a lot of stuff on YouTube. You are going to, there's, there's so much information out there. The reason why I was so excited to get Teddy on the show was not only to show that, like, He's my coach. He's been my coach for a long time. We have developed not only a a mentor-mentee relationship where he is my mentor and I am the mentee here. I'm so stoked to be able to be where I am in life today um, and be able to build the life that I've built and also still have people that I just like look to for guidance, look to for teaching me, learning from. Um, I believe if I stay coachable for the rest of my life, I will stay humble. I will be happy. Humble, humility equals happiness. It's just that, that that's just the truth. So um, there was a lot of stuff here. The stuff that we talked about works. I'm telling you, it works. If you want to dig in deeper, do yourself a favor and go DM Teddy 
uh, or, or, or hop onto his website and, and check him out. He actually did a lot of programming um, for us at Creatures of Habit too. So uh, if you want to get some of that stuff, you can hit us up as well. He built us some, some um, meal prep stuff and some fitness programming. Um, but do me a favor. Pass this podcast off to somebody you love, a friend, a family member. Hey, if you've got an enemy out there and you want to bury the hatchet, send this podcast to them and say, hey, I thought about you. I listened to this. I thought about you. I want to, you know, it made me think about you. I want to send this over to you. Maybe you get some value here. You never know. That could save a friendship. Uh, That could save a a relationship with with your family. I really appreciate you all. I really do. You know, I do this out of the out of my love for connecting with and creating value for people in 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 their lives. It brings me enormous gratitude. So give us a rating, a five star review. Hop over to creaturesofhabit.com. That's creatures with a K. Buy yourself some meal one or some nightcap. Subscribe to that. Subscribe to this podcast. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Until the next one. Peace. And there you have it, folks. I hope we delivered some valuable content for you to implement into your life on a daily basis. Please remember that our habits have the power to make us or break us. Replacing bad habits with great ones is the answer to living a life of happiness, optimism, and high performance. We are capable of achieving anything. We all have what it takes to give it all we've got. Commit to one great habit each day and truly commit and watch how everything in your life starts evolving from good to great. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a five-star rating and a nice review that will help us grow this podcast, bring on more amazing guests, and continue to deliver invaluable content on a weekly basis. Lastly, please share this podcast with any friends or family that you think might appreciate it. And always remember, want plus do equals have. Until the next one, fam, peace.